0: Well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys today. Alex is out of town, so uh, I'm pinch-hitting, so we'll see how that uh, goes. I'll tell you what, as we get ready to get started this morning, what I'd like you to do is something a little bit different than we don't normally do this, in case you're wondering, is this like something you always do? No. Uh, So uh, if you would do this, uh, if you would just talk to the person next to you, now for some of you, I know it's going to really be weird. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, like right here in church, talk. Yes, but it's okay. And what I want you to do is this. I want you to talk to them about what is something you would like to do during your lifetime. What is something that you want to do? Now, I know. All right. Let me clarify as we get started, okay? You don't have to think of something that you really don't want to do, but it sounds spiritual and you want to do it. So, okay, I'm not talking that. Talk about something, just something you'd like to do, something you'd like to accomplish, something you'd like to achieve, something you'd like to do during your lifetime. So talk with one another, and I'll call us back here in just a minute. Go. Okay, let me call us back here. Hopefully you guys learned a few things. If you're husbands, I hope you were paying attention. You'll want to do that in the days ahead. So uh, you'll want to uh, know, oh, that's what they want to do. So, uh, so that would be good. 2,000 years ago when uh, Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth, he left his marching orders to his church. And at the time that he gave those, I'm sure, that the people that were there, they had very little different thought about things they wanted to do with their lives than what you, many of you communicated today. For them, they were thinking, man, life, this is, we're just going to go right on living life. But then Jesus spoke to them these words. He says, Jesus came up to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, as Jesus spoke these words, he spoke these words to Palestinians that they had lived there for years. They were, they were very much thinking that their lives were going to be like their ancestors, that their lives were going to be like the... The neighbors that they had, their lives are going to be very much the same as they would always known all along the way. But then they met Jesus, and he jolted their life. And their life was very, very different then. What was the objective that he had for them? Well, it's very clear when you look at the text. He says, make disciples. Make disciples. In other words, leave those behind after you who know me and love me and walk with me. That is to be the objective of your life. That's to be what you give your life to. Now, it's even more clear when you look in the original language. In the original language of the New Testament, it was written in uh, Greek. And if you look there, you begin to see, because of the different nuances, you can see that the only imperative in that entire sentence is the words, make disciples. Now, many of us have probably heard messages on go, you need to go, or... Teach. You need to be teaching. You know, or, or, or baptized. Well, or you need to be baptized. Well, all of those are participial in form. Actually, if you were to look at those, what they would be saying is something like this: As you are going, as you are baptizing, as you are teaching, make disciples. That's the imperative. That's the thing that God wants us to focus on. What Jesus was doing was he was offering these people an opportunity to give their lives in exchange for something that was going to way outlive them to make an impact with their lives. And the thing is, he continues to give us that same opportunity today. When you begin to look, you know, what if if we've been given that opportunity by God, why aren't people doing that? Why aren't people actually taking advantage of that? What is going to keep people from making an impact with their life? I would submit to you there's probably a lot of reasons. Let me give you a few. I think one of the first ones I see is lack of focus. Sometimes people are not sure exactly fully what to do or what to go after, so they kind of dabble at this, and they dabble at that, and they do a little of this, and, you know, they just don't really know what to do. It's just lack of focus. A second reason, I think, is others, it's just distractions. It's not that they don't know what to do. In fact, they know exactly what to do. But... You know, work and family and, you know, even ministry sometimes crops up and enters in and the seduction of culture and begins to take them off course. And what happens is they just get busy. I mean, it's not like they don't know what to do. They just get busy doing other things and, and begin to leave it alone. Third reason is I think a lot of people settle for just doing ministry. Now, ministry's not a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of good things to do in ministry. I mean, you know, like, for instance, you know, we come in here and we meet each week, and this, you know, this place doesn't set itself up by, you know, by itself. It's not like all these chairs just go, hey, that only happens in Disney shows, okay? I mean, that doesn't happen here. I mean, people have to be here. They have to set everything up. They have to run everything. You know, all arrangements have to be made. There's all sorts of things that have to be done in ministry. But... What you don't want to do is you don't want to let ministry get in the way of you making an impact on other people's lives. You know, I think the reason sometimes people get involved in that is they're not even sure where to start. They're not even sure how to get started in making an impact. And so, therefore, they settle for other things. What I'd like us to do this morning is look and see, okay, how can you live your life in such a way that you make an impact for the kingdom of God, not just now, but the rest of your life. How can you live your life daily in such a way that you make an impact for the rest of your life? I can tell you with a great sense of confidence that I think the answer to this is found in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 through 12. So there Paul says this, but just as we have been approved by God To be entrusted with the gospel. So we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ we might have asserted our authority. But we proved to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you, as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. So what I'd like to do this morning is this. Let me just kind of lay out for you. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat is going strong. If you find me sucking on these cough drops up here all day long, it's because of that. Um, let me give you kind of the strategy. That Paul lays out right here. And then what we'll do is we'll talk about that and discuss it and kind of break it down. So the strategy is threefold that Paul says. If you look, first of all, in verse 12, Paul says, you want to, so that, he says, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. One of the very first things you want to do is see the goal, see the goal. You want to know, what is it that you want to take people towards? What Paul says here is, I want you to learn to walk in a manner worthy of the God who called you. So the very first thing, see the goal. The second thing, set the pace. In verse 10, he says, You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. So set the pace. The third thing, share your life. In verse 8, he says, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. See the goal, set the pace, share your life. See the goal, set the pace, share your life. So what I like to do is just kind of break those down and look at how those those live their way out. So first of all, see the goal. Paul was very clear on what he wanted to do, what he was working on with them. We should be too. Over and over, Paul lets them know this. To the Colossians, if you look in Colossians 1, Paul says this, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to the power which might, his power, which mightily works within me. So Paul... Paul's talking here and he, he says, You know, we want to present every man complete in Christ. That's what we want to do. He said, That's what I'm working on. Now, if we want to present everyone complete, what does that tend to insinuate? I know you guys are thinking, I don't want to play because I don't know where you're headed. But uh, it's very simple. We're incomplete, okay? It's, I mean, when he's saying we want to present people complete, that's, there's a picture there. We're incomplete. I think this is a great picture of discipleship. It's a great picture of of some things we need to see. It's like a puzzle. I don't know if many of you are into puzzles and stuff like that. Around our house, we used to love puzzles uh, uh, quite a bit. Not as much now that the children are gone because, uh, you know, Melinda's not, like, into puzzles. But, um, you know, we would have puzzles, and different ones would, like, pull out a puzzle, and they would put it there, and they would have the whole border thing put in. And they'd be putting different pieces in, and, oh, my gosh, you know, they just love putting this puzzle together. And especially the more difficult, you know, so you have to try to figure out, is that the sky or is that actually, oh, that's water. And so just all sorts of different things. But we would put puzzles together. Now, invariably how that ended up working out, somebody would come up, and they'd look at it for a little bit, and they'd go, oh, I think that goes over here. And they'd, oh, yeah. And they'd put a few pieces in, and then they'd leave. And somebody else would come in, and they'd say, oh, and they'd work on it for a while. Now, was one person putting most of the pieces in? Yeah. But you know what? There were a whole lot of people putting pieces in. That's really the picture when, when Paul's saying sometimes, you know, you need to present someone complete. You need to put pieces in. A lot of times we can get overwhelmed and think, oh, I, I, I don't think I could put all the pieces in somebody's life. Well, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to put the pieces in that you have. That's your responsibility. So when you're working with someone, you don't have to think, oh, how do I take them from here to here? I'm not sure I know all the way. Well, you don't have to do that. Your job, put the pieces in that God has given you. Now, over time, God will give you more pieces, and so you put more pieces in. But see the goal. Paul knew where he wanted to take people. My question for you is, do you? You need to not only know where it is you want to be able to take people, but you need to be able to clearly state it. In fact, I would submit to you that if you can't clearly state it, you don't know where it is you want to take people, nor are you probably doing it. So you want to see the goal. When we first arrived at SC about 28 years ago, one of the things we wanted to do, we had a threefold goal. We thought we want to help students come to really know God and love him. Secondly, we would really like them to learn to follow him, to obey him from the heart. Not just outwardly, but from the heart. That their their motives as well as their actions were really lined up with him. And thirdly, we'd like them to be able to learn how to influence and impact their world around them. And you know what? Our goals today are very little different than they were 28 years ago we still have those exact same things however over the years we began to think and think okay what is it that we need to pass on to students while they're here what is it that we need to transmit i mean at one point you know i thought man i've got this you know there's just like 45 things and boy you know but you begin to realize if the student stays for 20 years we can pass those on that will be a good thing. But probably most of them can't afford to stay for 20 years at school. So, you know, you have to kind of figure it out. So then we kind of got down, okay, it was a list of about 15 things. We're going to thought, eh, you know. So one day I began to sit there and think through and think, okay, what are the essentials? What are the things that if they walk out of here, whether they're in the military, they're in the medical field, they're in the marketplace, wherever they are, they can do well. And so we narrowed it down to about six things, and that has helped us to stay focused and understand these are the pieces we need to be putting in while they're here. These are the things that we need to build in. Seeing the goal helps you to stay focused. Know what it is that you want to build into people, and not only know what it is you want to build into them, know what it looks like when it's there. Know what it looks like. So remember, you know, if you can't state it, you probably can't do it. So, you know, you need to be able to clearly state that. So the first thing, you know, see the goal. The second thing, set the pace. What Paul understood was this. He understood that if someone was going to really learn to do something, they needed to see it in the life of somebody else. And in verse uh, 10 there, he says, You know how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behaved towards you. Oftentimes people will forget what you say. In fact, you'll probably walk out of here today, and after lunch, you'll think, who was that guy? You know, you won't even remember very much that said at all, but they will very much remember what you did. And so your example's huge. I I know right after I got out of college, I graduated from college back when the earth's crust was hardening, and got out, and uh, there was a guy that had called me up, and he said, hey, you know, what would you think about coming down to the University of Oklahoma and, working on staff with him for a little bit. So I was like, uh, okay, sure. And so uh, I up and moved and went down to Norman and um, spent some time there. And this guy, his name is Max uh, Barnett. This guy was there. And, I mean, Max Max is one of those guys that, you know, has basically walked with God, you know, from creation and, you know, just kind of forever, you know. And so you you get around him, and I remember we're sitting there and, like the second night that we had a large group meeting, we're, we're uh, sitting there and this guy stands up and he says he's going to be speaking on how to have a quiet time. Now, in my mind, I'm kind of like going, okay, I'll learn something next week. You know, just like many of you walk in each week. You uh, think, well, you know, I'll, I'll learn something next week, you know. And I sat there and I looked over. Now, Max had probably missed two quiet times in the last, you know, 100 years. And he's sitting there, you know, and as this guy is speaking, I mean, he is taking notes like crazy. And, I mean, I thought maybe I'd open my notebook. So I kind of open it up, you know, and I'm kind of looking over. And I watch this. And after it was over, he comes up to me and he goes, wasn't that good? And I said, what? He goes, wasn't that good? Oh, man, I learned some things there. And I thought, you learned some things? are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding. I mean, you know that. But then it dawned on me, you know what? I learned some things. I learned that, you know what? His example of being a learner has impacted me the rest of my life. I mean, the rest of my life, I've looked around, I thought, I need to always be a learner. Because I learned that through watching him, through watching just the power of example. Paul Paul sees that he knows you need to set the pace if you want other people to really get something. Setting the pace just really means this. You go first, and you do it right. You go first, and you do it right. We were up at a uh, conference up at Hume Lake here about a year ago, and we're walking across this field. and People are out playing games, and they're playing soccer and volleyball and everything else, and capture the bacon or something. I don't know they're playing all kinds of games, but they're playing these games, and so... I'm walking across there with this guy, Brian, and as we're walking along, somebody has just thrown um, a cup and some other things down, and we're walking along, and as Brian just walks along. he reached over, picks up this cup, picks up this napkin, and just keeps walking. Now, it wasn't his. Somebody else had thrown it down, and we had said, you need to keep this place nice. You know, but Brian is just walking along. Brian just reached over, picks it up, and I thought to myself, huh, you know what, that's what I need to do. I don't need to worry about, is that mine? Did I leave that there? I don't need to worry about that. What I need to do is, if it's there and it needs to be picked up, just pick it up. That's one of the things people will learn. As they watch your life, what they'll see is, this is how I should live. They began to pick up on things, you know, just simply by watching you. That was Paul's constant theme. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Now you see what Paul says? Paul says, follow me. Not listen to me. We love to say listen to me. Listen to me. Because when you say listen to me, all you have to have is information. When you say follow me, you have to have a life. And so what he says, follow me. In Philippians 4 9, he says this, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, I remember when I first read that, you know, and memorized that verse, I thought, okay, four things. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. The more I was thinking about that verse, the more I was meditating on that verse, the more I realized that's not a set of four. That's two sets of two. Because as I began to study the verse and think through it, I thought, the things you've learned... Okay, you know, you you learn things as people talk to you as like we're having a time now where you're learning some things, you know. You you learn that as people instruct you or as people talk to you, as they share with you. And I thought, what is that word receive? What are, what is that? You know, and I, I started looking at that word, figuring out what it meant, and I found out the word really means to take it and make it your own, to own it yourself. And so I thought, okay, the things that you have learned and made your own and Heard and see, and all of a sudden I thought, whoa, how do you learn it? You hear it. How do you make it your own? You see it in somebody else. And all of a sudden it was like ding, 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 ding. You know, I thought, man, that is exactly what we need to do. We need to set the pace. Why? Because people can learn a concept by hearing it. They learn it. But they make it their own as they see it lived out in the life of somebody else. Paul understood this. So he says, you know, you need to set the pace. Setting the pace also speaks to the whole problem of distractions. Um, as you work to model the way, what you find is you, you begin to live a more disciplined life. You're not as easily distracted. Um, now, what I would like to give you for a moment is just a tool that I think would really help you, that probably next to the Bible is probably one of the best tools to help you learn to set the pace. In fact, I would say that, you know, thought through and implemented apart from Scripture, you probably won't find a tool that will help you any more than this to actually begin to live the kind of a life that other people could learn from and could be impacted by. That little thing is your personal schedule, your personal schedule. Now, oftentimes when we think of our schedules, we think schedule. I mean, some of you right now are probably think schedule, really? I mean, isn't that just like a laundry list of activities that we need to do and things we need to accomplish? No, 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 no. That's how we tend to think about it, but that's not what it is. A laundry list of, of stuff, no, it's, it's not just about what you do. A schedule is about who you're becoming. And that's what we need to begin to understand. Our schedule is much more about who we're becoming than about what we do. So if you want to change your life, change your schedule. What you'll begin to find is the things that get in your schedule, those are the things that begin to work their way out and are lived out in your life. So a little, um, a little tool for scheduling, um, and I would encourage you, to carefully put this together as you think through this, um, this isn't just like some busy work thing of, you know, okay, write some things down so you have them. Okay, that's not that. Because, honestly, that's not going to do you any good. Uh, it's not going to do others any good. But to carefully think through your schedule. And so what I would give you is this uh, little thing called OATS. And so O-A-T-S, that's going to be up there on the screen just like there, boom, there, it's there. I see it just like that. So, uh, you know, so OATS. And so what we want to do is the very first thing, the O stands for this, Objectives. Objective: Who do you want to become? What do you want to be true about your life? You want to begin to set some objectives in line with that. You know, part of the way you can do that, think through the priorities of your life. Think through the responsibilities you have. Begin to think through those things. And as you begin to think through those things, as you think through the the priorities, the responsibilities, the 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 different hats that you wear, then think through, what are objectives that I have that I want to become different in this area? So what are those? The second thing, the A, activities. What are the steps? What are the steps that are going to take you from where you are to where you need to be to accomplish that? What are the steps? You know, one of those might be this. Maybe... Uh, Maybe you're looking at an objective, and maybe one of your objectives is, you know, I would, I would like to learn. Maybe you're a, a, a dad, and you know, you've you've found yourself. You're a dad now, and you're like, oh my gosh, what do you do? Uh, and, you know, you, you may have had a great example there. You may have had no example there, but you know what? You've began to have an objective of I would like to be a, a dad who who really passes on things well to their children and really, you know, maybe you lay that out in a certain way. Well, one of the activities you might have is I'm going to get with, you know, this person over here who I know who has done that, and I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to come with some questions. I'm not going to just show up and go, I'm here. Help me. No, I mean, that's stupid. You know, it's never going to work. But show up with some questions and sit down with them and say, hey, I would like to ask you some questions to help me to really grow in this area. So that might be one of the activities that you would put down. But the A, activities. T, time. When is it going to happen? Now, men and women, this is the key part right here. Because I have watched some people come up with some wonderful objectives and all sorts of activities. The problem is it never gets in their schedule. It's got to get in your schedule. So begin to figure out, when am I going to do that? And then the S, seriously evaluate. Now, that's going to be different depending upon, you know, how you lay out objectives. You know, some people I know, they lay out objectives like once a year, and they have these year-long objectives. Other people, you know, they lay out like six-month objectives. You know, for me, my life basically consists of, of three times a year, okay? I have fall, I have spring, I have summer. That's my life. Uh, you know, people say, what about winter? I don't have winter. I'm not on quarters. I have three semesters, okay? I have fall. I have spring. Actually, my year starts up in August, okay? I mean, I know your years start up in January. Mine don't. They start up in August. They end, actually, in July. So, you know, uh, you begin to look. You know, you think through. What I do is each year I have these objectives for um, This semester, these objectives for the summer, these objectives for the fall. And then what I do is I have it set up as far as evaluating. Like about a month in, I sit down and seriously evaluate. And I ask myself questions like, okay, how am I doing? Do I need to make changes? Is this something that I need to tweak over here a little bit? Do I need to add a little bit more? Do I need to take a little bit away? But seriously evaluate. If you want to set the pace in knowing God, in loving others, or in whatever, it has to get into your schedule. Here's the thing. If it doesn't get in your schedule, it doesn't get in your life. It's just that simple. It's got to get in your schedule. If you want to learn to set the pace, what I would encourage you, begin with your schedule. Begin with your schedule. The third area, so see the goal, set the pace. And the third area, share your life. Paul says, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become very dear to us. What you need to do is you need to get close enough to few enough that they can see from your life how to live this out. Get close enough to few enough that they can see how to live it out. Now, often... What I see is this is, the, this is the point at which people can begin to kind of get uneasy. And the reason is because it allows people to see you up close. I mean, anybody can look good from a distance. You know, I mean, you know, or if, you know, the light's not exactly I mean, that's why we have romantic dinners, you know, under candlelight, not out, you know, high noon, I'll meet you at the beach. You know, people, what? You know, no, we don't do that. You know, why? Why? People can see too many flaws. You know, it's like, I prefer dim lights, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, you begin to look, you know, people a lot of times are worried about people seeing them up close. They're, they're kind of worried about that. But that's where you make impact. You make impact up close. You don't make impact from a distance. You make impact up close. So to that end, you think, well, what if I mess up? Well, let them see you mess up and let them see you clean it up. I mean, you're not going to have much trouble with the first part, you know. They can see you mess up. I mean, that people regularly do with me. But let them see how you handle that. Let them see you in a variety of settings. Let them see you around family. Uh, let them see you in work in different work projects. Let them see you in, in playing. Let them see you in trouble. You will learn all kinds of things about somebody as you see them in different areas. I still remember being at a game one time. There was a guy, his name is Derek, and he and I were um, hanging out together and getting some time. And so I told him one time, I said, hey, um, Jeremy is going to be playing um, a volleyball game. Do you want to go? And he's like, sure, sure, yeah, I'll do it. So all right, great. So he comes over, and we're, we go to this volleyball game. And there's this referee that was like horrible. I mean, just like horrible. I mean, he, he, he could not, I mean, oh, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. I'll get fired up about this. But this guy was bad. And so I'm watching this, and he makes a couple of calls, like, balls that were, like, in by this far. And he's like, out. And I'm like, what? You know, and so I am trying to share with him more fully about uh, his lack of eyesight. And uh, I look over next to me, and Derek's like, <laughs> and I said, I said, afterwards he goes, can can we do that can we do what can can, can we like yell at referees I said well it depends on how good they are and so he's like oh he's kind of looking around but for him I mean we had we had a great conversation about that about okay you know how do you keep you know yourself under control how do you not make this personal You mean you don't need to talk about his family or anything you know but how do you actually you know how do you actually help him to understand something you know we were talking about a variety of things, but you know what? Those conversations would have never come up at Starbucks. You know, you know, at Starbucks, somebody's going to say, by the way, if you're ever in a volleyball game, and, uh, you know, no. So you need to be around them in a variety of, share your life with them. Now, some of you are probably thinking, hey, but you don't know my life. I mean, honestly, like, I'm busy like, I've got little kids, and all they do is, like, eat and mess their diapers and, and, and then cry. And what do I do? Well, change them, feed them, and, you know, uh, try to get them to stop crying. I mean, but you know what? You can invite people over into that. That is your life right now. And sometimes we look at that, and in the midst of that, we think, this is such an insignificant life. No, 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 no. That is probably the most significant thing that they're going to be a part of all week long. Let them be a part of it. You know, invite them in. Let them see how you handle life, how you live life. Let them see how you invite God into your day where you are. That's what you want them to see. Let them see that. So, you know, um, take initiative. What I'd encourage you, take initiative to get around a few folks Begin to share your life with them. The more you see the goal and set the pace and share your life, the greater opportunity you're going to have to impact your family and the world around you. It's going to be significant. What I'd encourage you, start where you are. Don't start where you wish you were. You know, I see guys like you go to the gym sometimes, and you see guys starting where they wish they were. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that guy's going to last about 30 minutes. And sure enough, you know, he'll come in, and he's doing all this different stuff and then he's leaving and you think, see you in six months. And sure enough, he's not coming back. Why? Well, because, you know, he spent everything right there. You know, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, if you're thinking, well, I'm not really spending time with anybody right now. Well, spend time with one. Or if you're thinking, well, I think I have a larger capacity. Okay, take two. You know, don't sit around and think, I'm going to go spend time with 12 people this week. You you will die. Okay? It will not work. Okay? Start where you are, not where you wished you were. And start there, but begin to put these things into practice. You know, what I would tell you is this. Everybody is trading their life for something. The question that you have to ask yourself is, what are you going to trade your life for? As we do this, as we begin to wrap up, let me, let me go ahead. I'll invite the band back up. But let me give you a few next steps that this week you could begin to put these into practice. The first one would be this. Spend some time this week mulling over Matthew twenty eight, nineteen and twenty. And begin to ask, how does God want to use me in the lives of other people? Take some time and just run that verse. You know, just meditate on that verse. Now some of you are thinking, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Okay? So all you do, you just run it over and over in your mind. So do that. Take some time to think through that verse. Secondly, decide on three objectives you would like to work on over the summer. Plug those into your schedule. Put them in your schedule. But three objectives. Don't come up with four or five. You won't, you won't get those done. Put, start off with three. For some of you, start off with two. Okay, but start off with like three and get those in and, you know, you'll do fine. And then lastly, think through who could you begin to share more of your life with right now? And what I'd encourage you there, take initiative and begin to do that. Okay? Let me pray for us as we uh, as we wrap up here. Father, I do pray that you would very clearly, by your Holy Spirit, um, work these truths into the fabric of our minds and our hearts. I pray that we would see in ways that we've not seen before so clearly where it is we want to take people we would see the goal that Father we would be more committed than ever to setting the pace and then Father just in, in humility and, and obedience we would share our lives with other people that they might see the reality of what it is to know you and love you to walk with you from the heart and to really live lives of impact and influence with those around us so we pray those things father in jesus name